different sort of thing i thought you know what this is called playing catch up a lot of things happen in a week what if we get you caught up with that holy moly just like the thing says i actually thought of that um after i already came up with this idea and i was like it's sort of like we're getting them caught up (laughs) you know like the name implies that's awful clever you brian yeah. Um, so we have some headlines from this week, and we'll give you our thoughts on them. Great. All right, we'll start into it. On Monday, Alabama beat Ohio State in the 2021 College Football National Championship. This is the sixth championship for Coach Nick Saban and in his time at... Saban. Saban? Saban. I can't call him Saban? <laughs> like Ray-Bans? Uh, I thought it was funny. That's okay. In his time at Alabama, and the 17th overall for the program... Does this cement Alabama as the greatest college football program of all time? Um, well, it's been said throughout history that a winning program is also a cheating program. So, wow. I guess excellent job for Alabama to be the best college football team at hiding signing incentives from the NCAA. Wow. They're just the best at not getting caught. In my opinion, Notre Dame is the best college football program. In a similar way to teams like the Yankees or the Celtics, they managed to summon up a a championship-run-worthy uh, team every decade. So Notre Dame is just a historical, sustained excellence sort of thing. Also, Nick, Nick Saban, or Saban, Sorry. <laughs> he's never succeeded in the NFL, so... Yeah, isn't um, he, like, famously bad at coaching professional teams? Yeah, he's, he's the best at the second-rate level of play. Excellent job. Well done. Well, I thought it was intensely boring. Um, I, I am a fan of college football because I'm a fan of colleges. Um, I, someday we'll have to do the segment where we yeah, show them, um, that he my can prowess. name, he can name literally every mascot of every, not mascot, team like, name, team name. Yeah. Just cause it's fun. And I spend my free time looking at where they are on Google maps just for fun. But you know, I, I was rooting against both of the teams basically. First off, because Alabama has won so much, so it's boring. Um, and then, you know, who? it's just two red teams passed around. You know, who cares? <laughs> I don't. Um, so it would have been more fun, in my opinion, if Notre Dame were there. And I don't know if that's the most successful team of all times. If we're going by, like, national championship wins, isn't it Michigan? But I don't know. But you raise a good point. I guess every now and then they're good. But if you look at consistently good teams, I guess it's just in the SEC. For recent times. What's our next headline, Brian? Uh, On Wednesday, the FBI and Department of Justice held a joint press conference on the progress of the investigation to last Wednesday's Capitol insurrection. The FBI stated that they had opened more than 160 uh, case files. They've charged 70 cases, and they have received more than 100,000 tips by phone and online. What do these uh, figures signal about the severity of the attack and the seriousness of the DOJ's response, Everett? Uh, Well... At first, I was sort of worried that the um, federal uh, criminal or justice apparatus would be especially slow, or they might not even consider doing the whole thing, you know, but I think that concern is completely out of line because 
obviously everyone there was breaking some kind of federal law or statute. Um, and it's important that there is uh, justice. So it's it's good to see that um, you know they're following through and actually charging people. I think as of today, there have been at least 70 people charged in federal court. Um, I read that on the New York Times today. So overall, I think it's, it's a good sign. They're saying that it may ramp up to hundreds. Um, mm-hmm. They might not get all of them, but it's definitely good because, as everyone has been saying, with the impeachment, the only way to move on is is to have accountability. So, And uh, a phrase they kept uh, repeating during the whole press conference was, this is the tip of the iceberg. Um, I was really assured by this press conference. There was a line in there where I think it was the head of the FBI. He said... Even if you've left D.C., we will track you down. We will knock on your door, and you will be dro- brought to justice. Wow. And that really made me scared, and I wasn't even there. The sheriff is in town. He's I was about to turn myself in. Wow. Uh, this is a real contrast from the Capitol Police, who have not yet had an a, a official press conference or briefing. Really? They did issue a short statement, something to the effect of, Where will we, shall we? <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Oopsie whoopsie. <laughs> I'm sorry. Something like that. Next one. Okay. Patriots coach Bill Belichick announced on Monday that he would not accept the Presidential Medal of Freedom, which is the highest civilian honor which the president can bestow, um, from President Trump, saying that continuing efforts of social justice with the Patriots while, quote, remaining true to the people, team, and country I love outweigh the benefits of any individual award, end quote. Should we be applauding Belichick's decision, Brian? Uh, Bill Belichick, in my opinion, was really stuck between a rock and a hard place. Not uh, That's probably the bad way to say it, but I don't think there was any way he was going to accept the award, and I don't think there's any way he could have accepted the award. Um, you know, Think of Patriots boycotts, players refusing to play them, Patriots players refusing to play. It would have been a mess. It's a, it's a majority African-American league, and they're really focused on social justice. Uh, nowadays but the the real question here and we'll never know the answer to this but was he intending intending on accepting the award before the riots so donald trump would have been the same person even if these riots didn't happen so was bill really against the president or is he against the backlash it may have caused i'm, I'm gonna say he's against the backlash because i mean we, we don't really know the answer to that but i feel like you know he's more afraid that people will be upset at him rather than i don't like the president uh, yeah, I don't know if I can speak on that directly about Bill Belichick's political sympathies. He, Isn't did, it- he did say he did send a letter to Trump before the 2016 election, which may or may not have been embellished upon by Trump during when he when he read it in a in a rally. And uh, isn't it true that Tom Brady has fraternized with Donald Trump? They've played yeah. golf and I think there might have been something about a campaign hat. Tom Brady loves to kiss his kids, huh? Yeah, he sure does. Right on the lips. Right on the lips, yep. Or, actually, I, I didn't know about that. But I'll take your word for it. So, uh, <laughs> I don't know up, if kids. I can really comment on that. But I, I would at least, I agree with his decision. And especially speaking about how important he thought the uh, talks the team had with the, you know, in, in person with each other about the importance of the work they were trying to do. Um, and the NFL has, or at least the higher administration, has been pretty uh, closed about doing any of that for a long time. So it was good to at least hear that. Uh, in, the, in the biggest news of the week, and we're going to discuss this later, uh, President Trump is now the only president in American history to be Im- impeached twice. The president, so nice, they impeached him twice! 
Yeah. Um, again, we're going to discuss this at a greater length at the end of the episode, but what will history books say about this twice impeached president, Everett? It's yet to be seen. Um, you know, I think people have been saying for a long time, like since he entered office, and this is something some Republicans point to as a conspiracy the entire time against Donald Trump, but people have been saying from the beginning that he may go down as the worst president in United States history. Um... And knowing that there have been some pretty terrible ones, um, getting impeached twice is definitely not a plus on um, your resume. All right, the next uh, or final catch-up headline we have here is the biggest uh, sports news of the week, that the Houston Rockets superstar James Harden was traded to the Brooklyn Nets, where he will join two other superstars, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. This story will also be covered... um, at with <laughs> at length at length with our senior b-ball correspondent grant walter Cull. but what was your immediate reaction to the news brian michael foise <laughs> uh, uh this james harden news broke and i was like wow the nba what a, what a what a fun league and then like five seconds later i got the notification from nbc that the impeachment vote had happened and he was impeached for a second time and i was just really overwhelmed I, I realized that i was gonna have to change everything about this episode wow because <laughs> we had to, you know i guess we can't do brian's movie moment this week sorry oh that's a little foreshadowing a little, a little, for, a little them sprinkle a little of what's peek. to come um but my immediate thought was my celtics i think we can handle them but it'll be rough you know james harden doesn't play defense Jalen brown we can handle them peyton pritchard i'm just hand players at this point yeah, I mean, we'll talk about it later, but is it a little bit like the... Cl- I, I really know nothing about it, but is it a little bit like the Clippers last season where you had like a bunch of people move there mm-hmm. and they were like, wow, the LA Clippers are going to be crazy, and then they weren't? Um, well, there's there's risk of that happening. But one of... Isn't it Kyrie Irving has already been on the Nets for a year or two, right? Yeah, Kevin Durant too, technically, but he was injured last year. Right. So maybe we'll see what we'll see what Grant has to say, the expert opinion. <laughs> um, up next, we're gonna do uh, NBA talk with our senior b-ball correspondent, Grant Walter Cole, Cole. Jr. Is no. he Jr.? No, he's just Grant. He's just Grant. Up next, Grant. All right, we'd like to welcome back to the show Grant Cole, our senior Thank basketball you. correspondent. <laughs> I don't know if it, uh, that's, that's what right. I called you in the beginning of the episode. But yeah, no, Grant. We I already recorded it. that part. I'm, I got. What? <laughs> yeah, let's yeah. go. Grant's basketball. back and better than ever. I'm back. Okay, so and... in the opening uh, of this podcast, we touched a little bit on the Harden trade. And we both said our immediate reactions to the trade. So I'm going to give you, Grant, an opportunity to give your immediate action to the trade. Wowzer. That's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. That's a lot of talent. Wow. That's a lot of picks, too. Also. (laughs) That was your immediate reaction? (laughs) Yep. Wow. I said that. I said that. Verbatim. I said, wow. Yeah, I remember that. I saw um, Adrian Wojnarowski. Dude. 
this tweet, and I was like, what? What? Have I been... I kind of saw it coming, because, you know, Harden said, this team stinks. I oh, yeah, don't want to read wanna... those quotes? <laughs> sure. Okay, Go. this was James Harden uh, Tuesday night, his final press conference at Houston. Here's what he said. Quote, we're just this not good enough. Sucks. I love this city. I literally have done everything that I can. <laughs> this I mean, the situation is ass. crazy. It's something that I don't think can be fixed. Uh, <laughs> that's... Was it... Could it actually not be fixed? Uh, they kind of did stink. Uh, Harden, didn't he score like 38 a game one season and they still couldn't beat the Warriors? He's actually like averaging the least he's ever averaged in Houston. 24.8. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> he's kind of... He arrived out of shape. He broke COVID protocols. Okay. He was also Houston... playing a lazy style of basketball. Here's the best part about James Harden is that without COVID, I don't think anyone would have cared about that because that's just kind of what he does. He goes to the strip club and then the next day he drops 40 points in three quarters. And that's just kind of what he does. You know what I like about James Harden? His beard? Yes, that's exactly what I was going to say. I love his beard. And I've seen pictures with him without a beard. It looks kind of crazy. It's not. It's not right. So that's why I like he's got like this massive beard. That's all I have to say. You're like an eight year old, Daddy. Can I have Beard Man's jersey? Can you? Yeah, I want the Beard Man. I think it would be funny. Um, I think. Did you see the clip from the Lakers game where um, Harden was like being guarded by somebody in the Lakers? I don't know who his man was, but. He was just like, I don't care about this anymore. I'm throwing this ball away. And he passed it um, in the vicinity of John Wall, but it was like five feet away from him, and he had to move out of the way. And John Wall was like, what the fuck, dude? But did you also see that clip where John Wall forgot he can't dunk anymore, so he tried to dunk and then immediately passed it backwards to James Harden with like <laughs> a second left? <laughs> like, funny. it's not all his fault that the team kind of sucks. Um, speaking of John Wall, here was John Wall's quote from that same press conference. Quote, it's only been nine games. Come on, man. You want to jump <laughs> off the cliff after nine games? <laughs> but That's I so gotta funny. be honest. Boogie's I... quote is the best. <laughs> Do you want to hear Boogie? It. Yeah, read Boogie. Boogie four numbers? No, no, it's not him. Boogie oh, Cousins. Man. Come on. Me, personally, I don't feel betrayed at all. My interest was playing with John Wall, to be brutally honest. With that being said, the disrespect started way before any interview. Just the approach to training camp, showing up the way he did, the antics off the court, the disrespect started way before. This isn't something that all of a sudden happened last night. But with that being said, this is the nasty part of the business. It is what it is. <sighs> Now, the thing is here, Brian, I know you don't like James Harden, like, at all. I kind of love this. I think it's really funny that he's just, like, not doing this at all. I'm fat now. I'm just going to strip club parties and still way better than you guys. Please let me leave now. I think that's I also think hilarious. that's funny. I think that's really funny. Um, <laughs> the next day he was told not to come to practice. 
the coach Steven Silas said, "We're just don't come." Maybe that's because they were gonna trade him. They knew they were gonna trade him immediately. Well, yeah, because he he openly said this team blows. I which is not good enough. This. I've done they, everything that I can. I mean, I guess he kind of like what else is he gonna do? He already tried the. 30 points with 11 assists. Then he tried the 38 points with 9 assists. It's like, I guess, what else is there to do? No assists with 50 points? I wouldn't mind it. So next day, he was told to come to practice by Coach Steven Silas. He did, they didn't want him there. Or maybe they were just like, we're going to trade you. There's no point in you rapping today. Well, I don't think he wanted to be there. I don't think he was going to show up either way. He literally said no. Was this James Harden on the plane? For what? Did he get on the plane to Philadelphia? I mean, uh, Brooklyn last night. Like, like the after the game, he was just like, "I'm getting on the plane. I know I'm getting traded after I, don't I did know this." Where I'm going, but it ain't, <laughs> I'm, I'm going. Not, I am I'm not gonna east. be here. Yeah. How quickly but, does he become a Nets player? Like, do they, they don't put him in the next game, right? He's gonna play tomorrow. No, Friday night. So, like, right away, he's in with a team. I'm. Yeah, let well, me see yeah. what their next game is, but he's playing their next game. Um, we'll get more into this later, but Kyrie Irving was missing for a while, and then they <laughs> traded for James Harden, and he's like, I can't wait to get back to the game. He said, he's, he, said he was so excited to get back to playing, and he's going to well, join them in their the, next game. Now he's on, <laughs> like, the most talented team that's actually going to play together. Because before this, remember that Warriors team that had, like, Boogie, Steph, Clay, and KD? That's probably the most talented team I've ever seen. Well, Boogie wasn't, like, the same because he just tore his ACL. What about Bob Cousy, Bill Russell, Tommy Heinsohn, JoJo White, John Havlicek, Casey Jones, We're not doing 50 Celtics talk. I'm so sorry. I can't do it. <laughs> um, I don't yeah, think Scott Whitman was on the team. I simply cannot. Um, <laughs> I know I can't. Okay. So Everett then he was traded to the Nets. Yeah. Didn't, so, for Harden, the Nets gave up eight first-round picks. But, like, what does and, that mean anyway? Those would be, like, late first-rounders because they're all coming from the Nets and they'll be good. Well... Until 2027, is already 30-year-old Harden and Kevin Durant going to be good in seven years? Yeah, I guess not. So let me ask because I don't know. Is that a good trade? Is that like a huge risk to give up that many picks? Eight straight years of your first round picks? You can't pick any new people. You can't draft anybody. Well, the last four, it's pick swaps. So they're going to have Houston's pick. But Houston is presumably believing they're going to be good at that point. Okay. So for the first four years, you will definitely not have it. The thing is, you can't trade with those first-round picks. That's the bigger thing. Like, you can't add new players throughout the season with trades anymore, really, without giving up another player, which is... They have a $15 million exception, and maybe they could trade... Using Dante Axum or Rodion Kirkich, whatever that guy's Ooh, name is. Sweet. 
You know, I love the Rudyons guy and Dante. Rudy Essen. Giuliani? Yes. <laughs> yes. Rudy Giuliani. The Nets have his the rights Brooklyn from Nets. when he was mayor. Um, so I don't. So the Rockets have a big three of guys whose legs don't really work anymore. So that has an interesting move Who on are their they? part. John Wall, Boogie Cousins, Victor Oladipo. I like the league's on notice. I like his name. Boogie. Which one is so fun? I, love I like Boogie. his name. I'm he so sounds glad fun. He's... <laughs> Maybe he you should is. keep your microphone muted, Everett. <laughs> I have un... <laughs> Wow. Hey, come on. Let us talk I'm... Boogie. I mean, I'm not gonna. I want to talk about Boogie, and I won't contribute anything but questions. Here's another. Were the Nets okay? So the Nets are really bad, right? That's where they were. Mm-mm. Were they okay they were the last really, two they years? Were really good already. Really? They already yeah. had Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Right. That's the who they already had, and now they have the James the hard Harden. Man. The hard so man. they have so the their man. worst of hard that on. big three is Kyrie Irving, and he's an arguably like top fifteen player. So they have right. two top. And Five he was on the players. Celtics, right? At a time. Is that correct? He was on the Celtics at one yes. point. Yes. Very good. Thank you. And he was also on <laughs> the Celtics. Where did Kevin Durant point? play before this? Let's go further. KD? Um, yeah. I don't know. The Lakers? Yeah, you do. Come on. Nope. <laughs> the Clippers? Nope. Uh-huh. What coast? Burn West. The You're in the right division. West. What? Pacific Division. You were in the right um, state, pal. The Supersonics. No, he right was state. a Sonic. <laughs> but that's I not won. what I'm well, talking about. I won yes. by guessing. Not he right won. before. They didn't he exist played, at that point. He played the, the last season as a, <laughs> the Sonics ever had. They had Kevin Durant. The Suns. So, in the same state. Oh, in California? Yes. The, Think of NBA teams in California. The Golden State Warriors. Yay! Yeah. Yay! I did, did it. it. I was worried I was going to name a hockey team. I was going to say the Kings. It's okay. Ooh, that's not that's right. Sacramento. That is a hockey team. Or is it LA? I don't really know. Okay, what happened to Philly, Grant? They didn't want to trade Ben Simmons and Ty- Tyrese Maxey. And Matisse Thibel. Along that with was... probably a trove of picks. Which they weren't going to Probably give not. They're giving up Ben Simmons. The reason the Nets had to give up eight picks is because they didn't give away a generational talent. They couldn't even give Spencer Dinwiddie? Oh, they could have traded the Spence Meister. <laughs> they would have only had to p- trade six first-round picks. <laughs> yeah, but I wanted them to do straight-up Kyrie for Harden. I didn't. I want to see I thought that would have been really cool. I think it would have been really cool to see James Harden, Kevin Durant, and Kyrie Irving play with the same basketball. That's what's happening. It's going to be sweet. Um, so, did, did Philly say no? Or did um, Houston say no? Probably Philly. Because um, Houston offered the Celtics Harden for Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, and four first-round picks. And the Celtics said no. So they were Boston shopping hard. The ground if that happened, I would have done it. So yes, I would Jaylen, have burned. Marcus, Peyton Pritchard, <laughs> and you get James Harden. It's so funny that Boston found another white 
to Yay. circle around now that it's Gordon like Hayward's like... gone. It's like finally I like we got his another mustache. One. It also helps yeah. that he's kind of good, but Grant, what do you think of the Brooklyn Nets court being gray? You know, it's an I like how the Brooklyn Nets choice. name <laughs> is an aerial font like the New York subway signs are. Should we consider the Daryl Morey factor of this? That Daryl Morey might have said, hey, I don't want to deal with James Harden anymore. Is Daryl Morey even the executive there anymore? He's in the executive at Philly. Oh, I thought... Oh, I don't think that's a factor, because I'm pretty sure Daryl Morey knows how good James Harden is. How does Mike D'Antoni feel about having to coach James Harden again? I'm sure he's the most Mike D'Antoni player ever. Mm. Like, crazy quick offense at all times, and, like, kind of forgets about defense. Well, I thought they had some animosity with each other. They're probably... I don't really know. Can Brooklyn handle two and a half generational superstars? What? Wait, who's the half? Why is there a half? Kyrie is half a generation. Kyrie superstar. isn't on the same level as those two. That's why he's two and a half. Yeah, no, I, I two get Two and it. a half, man. It's kind of like how... I've never loved that show. <laughs> no. I've never Everett seen it. Likes that Everett likes that in the Big Bang Theory a lot. No, please. You can't tell them that. <laughs> All right, say Bazinga once. Come on, give no me a Bazinga. Give me a Bazinga. I liked it when Sheldon explained to me what was happening on the football field, though, during the Saints game. Okay, tell me funny. what Bazinga. Tell me one Bazinga. Uh, so the guy with nope, the Nope, I just want you to says, say Bazinga. Come on. Just say it. I say feel Bazinga. humiliated. I can't. Say I'll Bazinga. Say Bazinga. <laughs> See, that's why I wouldn't say it. Bazinga. Say that. All right. So does Brooklyn have enough balls to handle all of these ball-dominant uh, players? I think well, they have as many basketballs as they need. They're a basketball team. One. Yeah, that's the same thing people said when KD signed with the Warriors, and they won two more rings. I think they'll be fine. Well, because Curry was okay with taking a step back. So is Harden. Harden is a better playmaker than Curry is. You think Harden's going to be okay with taking a step back? Yes. He wants to win a ring. That's why he That's why he was angry, because they fucking couldn't. They were bad. The Rockets could not get past the conference finals. Correct. So KD's going to be one to make a sacrifice? Huh? What? <laughs> what? I think Katie will be the one that will say, "I'll play less." I play don't need less. The ball as much. Why? Well, yeah, that's well, what happens. Who's gonna when you do it? Someone's three. gonna have to. They're all three of them are gonna have to. That's how a big three works. So forgive me. Is this because they play the same position, or do they not? No. no, it's so, just because they're all really good at basketball and they like to all, have the ball. They could, could they all be being... on the starting five? Yes. Okay. This is going to be so So the bad. thing is, is that <laughs> since they're all so good, they're all used to having the ball a lot and getting the most shots. But if you have 
three superstars, they can't all do that anymore. They have to share. And sometimes right. that falls apart. But I don't think this will, given how good at basketball all three of them are. Like, they can you all do everything. Think they'll be about it. Okay. They can all be big guys and, and they share, share their toys. I'm sure Thank they'll be fine. Thank you for indulging me, Grant. You're and so for welcome. helping me. Some Unlike people this don't heathen, have the guts to do that. This host doesn't have the guts to explain this big three basketball. <laughs> I still don't I like the Brooklyn Nets, huh? I know you don't. Are the Brooklyn Nets the most overrated and overhyped little basketball team? Are they yes. bad? Let's talk about it. And then you got called a LeBron sexual. How do you feel? <laughs> That's funny. That's I had funny, to delete it. Because he also doesn't like LeBron. I like LeBron. Now you do. You used to He's be nice one guy. of those. You, you used to call him a whiner. But he does. They all do. Yeah, they're famous. They play you know basketball. The they don't care. Whiner? Jason Tatum. James Harden. Every oh. time anything happens, he does. He throws up his hands and, and throws. Where's and the foul? Angry. And then he shoots 70% from the free throw line. It's the worst interaction on the basketball court. What are we talking about? Let's talk basketball. Brian, give us a leading question so you two can say something. All right, let's discuss the fringe aspects of the trade, the other things that happened besides the whole James Harden goes to Brooklyn. All right, Jared Allen. Let me run it down. um... Jared Allen to the Cavs. Torian Prince to the Cavs. Karis LeVert to the Pacers. Victor Oladipo to the Rockets. Dante Exum to the Rockets. And (laughs) my man Rodion Kirkus to the Rockets. Now I have another. Now I have another question. Does that mean that the Cavaliers were also involved in the trade? Yes. Yes. I didn't know there was a three-team. It was a three-deal trade. So that's why it's such a big deal. I'm really not sure why or how the Cavs got involved, but they got. All they got was Jared Allen and Torian Prince. Jared Allen's really good. Like I don't know how they got. But now Cleveland has too many. Now he has to go to Ohio. Well, they should really trade Andre Drummond because he's kind of. They have Andre Drummond, Kevin Love, Larry Nance, Jr. Um, Well, Kevin Love and Nance are power forwards that don't. Oh, so they have Drummond and Jared Allen, and who's the. There's somebody else. No one as good as those two. Mm. Jared Allen should play more. They should build around Jared Allen and Sexland because they're Mm. fun. Sex. Land. Um, Everett, because there's one player named um, Colin Sexton and one player named Gar- Darius Garland, and they're a duo in the backcourt, so they're called Sexland. Okay, sweet. that's funny. Isn't it sweet? I could follow that. I'm it's laughing. Too bad they play in Cleveland, or they would be beloved. Why is there an NBA team in Cleveland, Ohio? Because there, it's a really big city that people live in. Yeah. They make money there. Why is there a football team in Green Bay, Bay Wisconsin? Why not? It's because it's fun. the owners didn't make that much money and made very poor financial decisions. Brian, can I ask you what the um, mentality was in your house? What was the atmosphere when the Steelers lost? The mama mentality? 
What was the... What happened when the Browns... <laughs> Shut, the Shut the front door. Did you just say Mamba Mentality? <laughs> Our Mamba Mentality? Yo, so... Is your dad pro Ben Roethlisberger crying on the bench? or That was really sad. I think he turned off the TV before then. I started watching um, CNN. It is so funny that they got absolutely smacked around. I thought it was hilarious. Because if I understand it correctly, they did a bit of gloating. They, they did. were like, they did like, say the Browns. They were like eleven zero, and we're like the they're just gray faces, and then they did like TikTok dances, and but then the Browns were <laughs> like, we we're good Juju now. Is something else. I'm pretty sure I saw him like dancing on the field while they were losing. It's like that's what that he does, right? He like so dances funny. in the middle of the field for the enemy team or the oh it is the, that is so funny to me. I'm so 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 it could be said that perhaps it is. A little bit of karma. I don't really care about that or this. But moment. I just thought it was funny because I'm happy to see the Cleveland Browns win. Why is their team called the Browns? It just makes me so. It's named after a guy. Yeah, that's. Um. (laughs) He has the book. I thought he'd get that. The big book of basketball. Oh. Basketball for dummies. <laughs> That's funny. I made fun of Brian. I'm sorry, Brian. Um, so Grant, what's the um, what do you think of the fringe aspects of this trade? What do you think of the Victor Oladipo, Karis Levert thing? I don't. So I like it a lot for the Pacers, but. Mm-hmm. I'm not really sure what the Rockets are doing building around three guys that have, like, debilitating injuries. Wait, does that mean there's a fourth team? Was Indiana also involved? So, but not the, really. In, not in the same trade. I got, I got it. Okay, so okay. So, in me. the Rockets trade with the Nets, the Nets also sent Karis LeVert to the Rockets, but the Rockets immediately traded that guy to Indiana for Victor Oladipo. Right. So, like, the Rockets had Indiana on the phone ready. They're just like, let me do something really <laughs> quick. Would you like this guy for Broken Man? And they said, And they did that, like, just let me do this first. Okay. Yeah. I, I understand. Thank you. Uh, You're welcome. I'm sorry to be a ball and chain around your, your leg, Grant. Well, it actually could be interesting for the audience who doesn't fully understand the complexities of the trade. If there's the somebody on the podcast the who doesn't understand back. it, and that we have to explain it to him. Okay. So you're sort of a stand-in for the audience in that way. You're the audience uh, surrogate. Hi, audience. I that? am your looking glass. <laughs> <laughs> we identify with you. The audience what? identifies with your pains, your struggles. But uh, me and Grant That's are powerful. just... That's powerful. <laughs> brain zone. You know, only learned this at the University of Southern California. No, that's <laughs> not where he goes. No. <laughs> I like to, for the record, Brian Foisty goes to Sacred For the record book, that is not where he goes. I think we've discussed all we can about the James Harden trade. What else were we talking about? Okay. Oh, Will the Nets like win the East? Anymore? Who knows? Yeah. Um. Okay. Transitioning now into Kyrie Irving. Has gone missing. Uh, Apparently he's coming back now, but nobody knows where he went, what he was doing there. 
All we know is that he was seen at a party without a mask on. He was punished by the league for breaking COVID protocols. But other than that, for the time period that Kyrie Irving was gone, nobody knows what was happening. Okay, so I know about basketball a little because I watched one documentary. And in that one documentary, the Dennis Rodman, he didn't go to things all the time. Is that like that? (laughs) No. He He would like go away for a weekend and like miss practice, but Kyrie Irving missed games. Oh, Kyrie he just like Irving? went on a walkabout. He disappeared. He fell off the map. My Kyrie sort Irving? of complaint about this is if this is a protest, um, and once again, don't want to, you know, to each its own. <laughs> Dunk on him, but, Brian. Dunk but on him. If you're you making a you protest and you don't say, here are my goals, here's what I don't like, if you just like leave for a week and say nothing to the media about it, and don't make an Instagram post saying, I don't want to play because of, you know, injustice in the United States and the difference between police reactions to the protests this summer and the, and the riot at the Capitol. Um, but if you just go radio silent and just disappear for a week and then immediately, you know, um, don't make any statement and then you come back all of a sudden uh, without having made any political statement, that can't really be counted as a protest because you just kind of left. Like, if yeah. I said, I don't want to appear on this podcast because of this, this, and this, I never stated why I didn't want to go on the podcast, and I just, like, sat out a bunch of episodes, <laughs> that wouldn't be a protest. That would just be it me be not party. showing up to my job. That's right. You're Dunked on! Um, Consider yourself dead! <laughs> um, that's true. Uh, you know, I also agree with what Grant said. Um, so, did he, was, is it, like, confirmed that he was protesting? Is that what No, that was a report in the New York Post, but he didn't say anything, that's what I'm saying. The New York Post is not real, Ah. to be clear. Not real. To be clear. It isn't. No, I know. Um, But then he was spotted at his uh, sister's birthday party, um, without a mask, at a party. So maybe he just took some time off to go to that party and um, self-inflicted a quarantine on himself, who knows? You're not not exactly allowed to do that, and you shouldn't be paid during that time period that you don't show up to your job, but because he's Kyrie Irving and uh, a famous basketball player, it doesn't really matter what you do. Um, What about the kids, Kyrie? (laughs) Huh? Don't you care? Uh, Grant, I don't know what you're about to say, but I don't care what basketball players do i don't care i, I like do. to i like to watch them play the game and i like watching them win i don't need to know them i don't care i think it's fun here's the here's this big truth of it they're not here's the long of the dawn to of play it. basketball they're paid to get people to watch basketball when they're you don't people, play basketball and you're still paid. They're not. That's what I'm saying. They're paid to get people to watch a product. They're not to actually put, paid to, to play. To put butts in seats. Oh. They're paid more to pay because they think more people will watch this product and pay to go to the games. Do you, I, People are going to watch the Nets because of how fucking weird the team is. They got weirdos that are really good at the sport. But now, just on a matter of principle, if um, 
you're I making a protest and you don't and you just don't say anything and you just don't show up for a week can that be counted as a protest that's like who said it was a protest besides a fake newspaper well i guess well i guess then why did why is he gone what was the, what would I, be the other that's reason? the thing i have no clue I he think said it's the official reason is quote personal reasons kyrie irving is out for personal reasons tonight that could range from there was a death in the family um it could there's a it's a weird thing can i ask a question to brian brian i have a question is kyrie irving on your fantasy basketball team no okay i just want to make sure there wasn't a a conflict of interest here yeah i need to be sure that he wasn't accusing um kyrie irving of hating his country yeah because because he missed out on points i stand with the frontline workers Thank you, yeah, nurses. Kyrie yeah. Irving hates nurses because he doesn't show up to work. Where's Kyrie's, like, air message? Where's his plane? respect, Tom? Where's Kyrie? Where's, where's Kyrie? Why doesn't he fly a plane Why doesn't he put on his, his... Thank you. Why don't he get out his surgical... Where's, where's his medical Where's degree, the appreciation? Huh? Kyrie Irving might not like basketball. And that's... Did he Kyrie die? Irving? That's a really good question. And then he was replaced with the clone. Is that what you're oh saying? My God. Is this what it's come Are to? the Brooklyn Nets the reincarnations of the original Beatles? Are they the Toon <laughs> Squad? Should the Brooklyn Nets sign Ringo to have all four? Since Paul died in 64, or whatever, George died of cancer, and Lennon was Wait, fucking Paul's murdered. Paul's not dead. It's the four Beatles plus Kyrie Irving. He died. That's why his shoes were off in Abbey Road. He's dead. Get the So Kyrie is Lennon because he's my least favorite of the three. Four. Uh, Kevin Durant is Paul. And James Harden is George. So they just got to sign Ringo Starr. Spencer Dinwiddie is Ringo. Basketball part. Spencer huh? Dinwiddie is Ringo. No, Ringo is Ringo because he's still alive. Jamal Crawford is Ringo. No, sign Ringo Starr to a professional basketball <laughs> contract. Yeah, he loves America. He Peace loves love. America. Unlike Kyrie <laughs> Irving. So, official verdict, we have no idea where he was. I don't know. Could Kyrie have thought he might be traded to Houston and it was just like... Another official verdict. Here. Brooklyn Nets should sign Ringo Starr. Ringo Starr. They All right, one drummer. final talk. One final piece of this NBA segment before we say goodbye to our friend Grant forever. Ah, uh, yes. This NBA segment. <laughs> <laughs> this loosely basketball-themed segment. Um, the NBA COVID protocol system has been crumbling. Um, multiple teams, Boston Celtics, Miami Heat, have had to cancel games because of uh, the amount of players they have on the COVID uh, list. Grant, should the NBA go back to a bubble system? Should they go uh, back to Orlando? Yes. They should. They should go to like Hawaii or something and let them That'd bring be really cool. their families and just like hang out because this doesn't work. It doesn't work mm. to just travel across the country and expect to not catch the virus that doesn't make sense well it does make sense if people follow the rules but people have been like 
I don't want to follow the rules, so there. How's I'd that? be okay with that, because I like how they're at the ESPN Wide World of Sports. I think that's funny, because it's Disney World. I also like Grant's idea. It would also be fun if they did, like, a Space Jam thing, and they just, like, yes, sent they them... Yes, should, they should make, instead of playing games, they should see how fast each team could go down Space Mountain. Yeah, or they just, like, they line them all up. It's like, whoever can... Okay, guys, you have all day. If you can get all the signatures from you have, all the... Here's four fast passes. You have to figure out who gets them and where you're going to go with them. Also, here's a drink voucher for who... We just make it into an ABC reality show can about get... Disney World. No, no cameras. This is just for them. No cameras. Oh, no cameras. They need a relief from this. After what Kyrie did. Yeah. <laughs> and after Brian accused he him of being a Marxist. Playing. Yeah. Kyrie hates Basketball. the media. He wouldn't allow himself to be filmed. He's like he's like uh, that guy in, in Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. He just beats up all the people. That was you mean Mr. Smith? And a half. Only Brian gets that, yeah. apparently. Nobody Good else. thing it's the Brian podcast. Or that was... No, it's Everett also. He's in the description. Check it out. Uh-huh. You're, you made it. You're in the description. Grant's, the Grant's a, for, the, for everyone, Grant is a gape right now. He's offering a high five. You're a gape. I'm a gape? You're a gape. I've been on that subreddit. I don't think that's what I am. No, you were your your jaw was to the floor. You're like Everett. I'm so, I'm so proud of you. You got to you got come here and one, talk about Everett. a thing you know I'll nothing be, I don't about. Think you got that one. <laughs> it's fine. It's I don't have to win them all. <laughs> I think this basketball talk is done. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. Thank you, Grant Cole, for joining us. Bye. Thank you, Grant. Um, hope to have you back soon. When um, Giannis gets traded to the Houston Oilers. Now that was fucking good. That was right <laughs> on it. I like that one. That was sweet. What? You talking about Edmonton? Nope. Uh, no. Houston, the football team. That was fucking tight. No, Houston Oilers don't exist anymore. No, they're oh, the Texans. No, they're the Titans now. No, Texans. No, they moved to Tennessee. Bitch. Nashville. Thank you, Grant. Okay, we're back. Now to discuss in further detail what we brought up earlier, the uh, second impeachment of President Donald Trump. Um, He was impeached, I believe, Brian, with only seven days left in his time in office. Um, But it's been called by several news outlets the most bipartisan impeachment in U.S. history. He was, um, the House voted to approve one charge of incitement of insurrection. It, and it is, uh, I believe, one of the most bipartisan impeachments in history. Um, in the impeachment of Bill Clinton, only five Democrats, once they actually moved to a vote, actually voted to impeach him. And Nixon probably would have had pretty clear bipartisan support, but of course he resigned before he could be impeached. So that never really happened. Um, But in this vote, there were 10 Republicans, um, led primarily by the number three Republican in charge, Liz Cheney, the um, at-large representative for the state of Wyoming, um, and nine others who uh, voted to approve the impeachment measure. Um, During that same time, they had 
National Guardsmen deployed inside the building and around it. Um, it was quite a scene. I don't know if you saw that, Brian, but you know you had. I like, did see that. Guardsmen sleeping in the statuary hall. Don't have any cots for them. It didn't look like it. Huh. I don't know why Thanks they had to sleep in there on the floor, but they sure did. Um, debate on the floor got kind of heated at times. Um, Jim Jordan, representative of Ohio, the Republican, uh, led time management for the one hour that the GOP was allotted, and uh, Gerald Nadler, the chairman of uh, what, what what committee is it? House Ways and Means. No. <laughs> And Gerald Nadler, I have no the idea. Democrat from New York. <laughs> I just wanted to say that. Yeah, he led the, uh, got the ways and means. He led the Democrat time. Jim Jordan also faced off against Jim McGovern, Democrat of Massachusetts from Worcester, uh, earlier in the debate before they moved to the actual debate on the resolution. Um, the House Minority Leader for the Republicans, Kevin McCarthy, denounced the violence but thought that the rushed impeachment trial, or lack thereof, was would ultimately be bad for the country, and um, he called for a, instead a fact-finding committee and a censure act for the president. And one thing which stood out to me, because I was listening to the debate most of the day while I was working on other stuff, was Matt Gates of Florida, who's been pretty notorious for being rather inflammatory on the floor and in his other uh, speeches, but he was very loudly booed down when he said, quote, I denounce political violence from all ends of the spectrum, but make no mistake that the left in America has incited far more violence than the right. For months, our cities burned and police stations burned, our businesses shattered. Some cited the metaphor that the president lit the, fi lit the flame. Well, they actually lit flames, uh, actual fires. He's there referring to liberals, apparently. Um. But the the question I had in that instance was um, shortly after the booming began, the um, was it the presiding officer that was uh, overseeing the debate? Um, she said, you're out of time. Is it uh, up to the, the presiding officer how much time they give you, or is, they, is there like a one-minute... Because it sounded like right as he started saying something controversial, she said, your time is up. Uh, sh he was already out of time. The way it works in that instance was that the they opened with two hours of moderated debate, divided equally between the two parties. So the, the role that um, Gerald Nadler and Jim Jordan had as the Republican leaders, quote, you know, during that time in the House, is that they're the time managers. So... The presiding officer calls them, and then they can yield their time to another member of their party to speak, or they can, um, oh my goodness, what's the word? They can, uh, I don't know, they can hold on to their time and then allow the other party to speak, and then they both use up their time allotted. They'll ask for like two minutes, and they'll yield to someone else. Mm -hmm. um, and once that time is up, they have to stop speaking. Oh, they reserve, that's the word. Yeah, yeah. I felt like... Obviously, um, this impeachment was a necessary measure. I feel like there was a, there's a lot of justified concern over exactly what President Trump could do um, in the coming days. The only way to really limit that is with a impeachment verdict. Um, no, like a removal from office, which is, you know, unless something crazy happens between now and, like, Tuesday... Um, will not happen before Biden takes office.
And um, if you're all right with this, I just want to segue now into the whole question of is it politically good for Biden to um, have an impeachment trial? Do you want to discuss more of what happened? No, we can talk about that. In my opinion, I feel like in the best case scenario, you wait 100 days for um, them to submit the articles of impeachment or you just don't. <laughs> what are your thoughts on that? Mm, I don't know if they can hold on to them indefinitely. I'm, I'm not sure what happens when they wait that long. Um, I think part of it is not that it would distract like from the public eye of what Biden is trying to do, but rather that he needs the Senate's attention to confirm yeah. his um, appointees. Because if he wants to have his, any... His nominees to his cabinet. Um, and Joe Biden has, I believe it's been reported that he suggested that being a former Senator, I guess he knows it's technically possible that he would like to split the day for the Senate, which apparently would keep them in session for a long time, but that's their job. Um, right. Um, but they'd split the day between an impeachment trial and confirmation hearings. Um, I don't know how that would work, but that's one suggestion. I think one problem i don't know what would actually happen but it seems right now there's a lot of momentum among republicans and democrats for um you know we might get to the two-thirds majority you'd need to convict him but if if enough happens and mitch mcconnell is really set on it but once the democrats are in control and they get to run the trial which would happen no matter what um if you wait 100 days, I wonder if a lot of Republicans who might have supported conviction um, at that point wouldn't really care and would probably just vote it down. But at that rate, I mean, the purpose now is to, what, what Democrats say, is to keep the president from running again, um, reduce his, or like remove his pension, um, reduce his protection, basically reduce the amount of taxpayer spending that would have to uh, be used on him and then the biggest thing is probably preventing him from running for any federal office again um but one could also say if you eventually wait that long and he isn't really a problem anymore then maybe a lot of republicans will find it easy to just not really want to convict i don't know or maybe at that rate it, he'll be so small that they will convict who knows i right now i don't think donald trump has any more political power left just in my opinion, um, as far as in the building of Congress, you know, on the grassroots level, you know, with voters, Trump definitely has the majority of, you know, um, their support. But I think um, really without Twitter, and I, I just don't understand how he could be able to mount a campaign after this. Yeah, it's I mean, it's I would have to disagree that... with you that he has not lost all his... I mean, you just had the vote up, right? The amount of Republicans, first off, who still objected to... Um, excuse me. Um, who still objected to... Are you going to kill me? The amount of Republicans who still objected to approving the electors um, on that day even after the capital had been assaulted was was very high it was over 100 um and many in congress like matt gates or his other trump supporting colleagues many of whom were just 
sworn in this month for the first time. Um, you know, they're all still there and they're still uh, promoting his conspiracy. But the, the thing is, if Kevin McCarthy can go on the floor and say the president bears some responsibility, although he did not vote for impeachment, and Liz Cheney, who's the third ranking Republican, and Mitch McConnell, at least privately, has said he's in favor of it. And you have so many other uh, power brokers within the Senate. Um, Ted Cruz and, and um, whatever the... Other, Josh Hawley. Josh Hawley. You know, they're just sort of shit stirrers. I think it's been a meme over the years that Ted Cruz is the most hated man in the Senate. So, and, like, I think it was some... I, I don't know if it was... I think it was John Boehner who said, if somebody killed Ted Cruz on the Senate floor, no senator would convict him. Shed a tear. <laughs> or something like that. Wow. If he died on the Senate floor, no one would care. So, Mitch McConnell, somebody like Lindsey Graham, um, Marco Rubio, those are, like, within the Republican standards, those are the real power brokers. Nobody likes Ted Cruz in, in Senate. Nobody now likes Josh Hawley. So if you have no power within the Senate and you have, you know, diminishing power in the House, I don't understand, you know, how he has political power in Washington anymore. Okay, so let me ask you another question. Um, it sort of has to do with the Tea Party that there was this other movement within, I guess it was the Senate, right? Um, this flare of a diverging Republican caucus of sort of more conservative people, but eventually the GOP sort of wrested control over them and reabsorbed them peacefully. Um, a lot of people have been talking about a real um, tangible uh, break happening in the Republican Party. Do you think that at this point, um, you were talking about you, since the Republican establishment in Congress has rejected, if if not, you know, Trumpism, if not endorsed his um, conviction, do you think that they'll be able to peacefully reabsorb this much larger radicalized faction again? Uh, That's a big question. I, you know, time will tell exactly how that, um, you know, plays out but i feel like you have a lot of people within the republican party voters um who believe the election was stolen from them believe that you know people in congress aren't doing enough to fight for trump um and these people are um i don't know it's you know a question of you know i think generally when democratic voters get upset about something they you know, as we saw in 2020, they wait four years and then campaign aggressively to get whoever the Republican is they want out, out. Uh, you saw that with Trump, especially, you know, Democratic voters who did not like Trump, wished Hillary won, won the election. They waited four years and they voted for Trump, I mean, voted for Biden in um, huge numbers. The Republican voters... Republican voter base, are they the same kind of people, especially now that they've been uh, made great again? Are they the same kind of people that are going to wait four years and then vote for 
I don't know, Don Jr. or vote for Ted Cruz for president or something? Or are they the kind of people who, and this is the second option, the kind of people who are just going to say, F it, the d- democracy doesn't work anymore. Um, I just don't care anymore. I'm not going to show up. I'm not going to campaign for anybody. I'm not going to phone bank for anybody. I'm not going to vote for anybody anymore. These people don't give a shit about me. And the third option is the one that we saw last Wednesday where um, they hunt for Mike Pence in the uh, Capitol building and um, I don't know. Resort to extremism. Resort to extremism, yeah. So what will happen with the Republican voters um, that they'll be able to fold in these Trump people? Will these Trump people, I don't know, I feel like I've gotten away from your original question, but the, the, the possibility that I see happening, the scenario that I think will happen in the future is you'll have the, you know, incumbents, um, say, Lindsey Graham, for example, or somebody who didn't vote for... Um, somebody who voted for impeachment, like potentially Mitt Romney. You'll have an incumbent candidate like that who's a more establishment Republican. And then you'll have somebody from Trump world um, run against them in a primary, potentially. And then Donald Trump endorses the primary opponent. So then you have sort of a split, um, sort of... Like Obama. Yeah, so what do you mean? Like Obama. How do you mean? No, more like... Bernie and Hillary, where you have one candidate who um, is wildly popular with a certain amount of people and another candidate who is, is endorsed by the establishment of the party, who is also somewhat popular with people. And um, as we saw in the 2016 election, uh, if that wildly popular candidate who is not endorsed by the establishment doesn't get in, the other half um, kind of tunes out or in some cases voted for Trump. I think we know that to be the case with some of those people. Um, so when the Trump challengers come to town and they challenge a Mitt Romney or a Lindsey Graham or a Marco Rubio for a more Trumpy candidate, does that candidate win? And then the establishment Republican voters, um, Reagan voters, Bush voters, do they sit out, vice versa? I think you have a lot of Republican infighting, and I don't really know how you fold them back in (laughs) to get back to the original question i don't see a scenario in which these factions i don't know make peace and (laughs) come together and say all right there's a place for you in an establishment republican party or um and i think sarah palin suggests this on tv and sarah palin is more tea party um than you know uh, Regular establishment. Yeah, then the regular establishment. Country Club Republican. Country Club Republican, yeah. Um, She said, let's create a second Republican Party and one who is sane and, um, you know, is not Trumpy. One that could run Jeb Bush, for example. (laughs) I love Jeb Bush, you know? Yeah, I've seen that too, that some have suggested, I I guess, the op, not opposite, but a similar thing where... um, if not convicted, Donald Trump might just choose to run as a third party candidate. Because which I, and I don't see how that split the conservative yeah. vote and they'd probably both lose. Yeah. But it could be pretty, you know, like a bull moose uh, vote with Teddy Roosevelt. Mm-hmm. And like you said, it is important to remember that during the president's speech on the ellipse, um, he was mostly calling out Republicans. Yeah. Um, 
of course he'd spent his entire campaign bashing the Democratic Party and their, you know, primary actors. Um, but during that entire thing, he had thrown his vice president, Mike Pence, under the bus um, and undoubtedly um, encouraged the crowd to end up moving to their new slogan of hang Pence. Um, and he was he the thing, <laughs> new you know, slogan of the, murder, murder the vice president. Um, and conservatives on That's the floor were saying terrifying. like, well, it was peaceful, but he was asking um, his supporters to come here and help uh, Republicans find a spine or something like that was basically what he was saying um so that that's definitely interesting and also I'm... about that speech in the at the ellipse sorry to interrupt but no please president uh this is from um yamichelle sendor who's a, a correspondent for pbs news hour she said that president trump was spending more time attacking governor kemp and secretary raffsenberg uh raffsenperger than he did Raphael warnock and quote senator to be probably ossoff he adds it irritates me he also said that Ossoff would likely have a win with a margin that will avoid a recount. So even at the um, in that Georgia Senate runoff, he spent a, a more time in that campaign attacking Brian Kemp and the Secretary of State and partly Purdue and Leffler than he did Ossoff and Warnock. Yeah, because I heard one opinion on the NPR Politics podcast where they were saying that the president has the entire time, like a... I guess a savvy businessman would. He demands, or I don't know, a mob boss. He demands complete loyalty. Loyalty, but he gives none himself. And we've seen in these past few weeks that he's completely turned on, you know, not just um, the Republican establishment, but also his own supporters, which is something he's been doing for a long time when he suddenly turns on, say, an appointee um, in one of the executive agencies, or he fires them by tweet. But it's been sort of en masse now where he has been attacking Republican governors who um, I feel like he Trump spends is, so much time endorsing. Trump is hurt most when people betray him. And John Ossoff and Raphael Warnock did not betray Trump. They never liked Trump. They always were against Trump. He felt that Brian Kemp and Rassenberger and Mike Pence and, you know, many others betrayed him. So he you know, attack those people more vehemently because they betrayed him and they, you know, um, didn't respect the loyalty. You know, that's something that um, James Comey was talking about where he said that Trump asked for unequivocal loyalty. And, you know, that's something that he values above everything else. So, you know, if Trump goes on a scorched earth um, strategy for the next six or eight or however many till he, uh, however long Trump lasts on this earth he will probably spend it um you know attacking people who he felt betrayed him nancy pelosi didn't betray him joe biden didn't betray him so he's not gonna go after those guys he's gonna go after i don't know mitch mcconnell you know he'll primary mitch mcconnell he'll primary Mitt romney he'll primary um you know susan collins I was surprised that he didn't actually primary Susan Collins this year, but um, I guess she had carried a little favor with him. Um, but yeah, did, did we ever get to a situation in which they nominate Jeb Bush or John Kasich? Because I feel like if the Republicans can make a 180 right now and they can take away power from Trump, reject Trumpism, which is going to be hard to do because it's inside the RNC now, 
um, if they reject that and do a 180 and just like, hey, here's John Kasich. He is, <laughs> you know, socially progressive, um, but also uh, conservative economically. He's a nice guy. Um, he, yeah, you've do. What are you gonna do about this, Kamala or Joe? Um, I think that really would screw them over. If you have a candidate who like believes in climate change, believes that we should have police reform, uh, believes in uh, protecting Obamacare, but I I also am a economic conservative. What do you do about that? <laughs> That, to me, is the only winning strategy that I can think of possibly for the Republican Party at this point. And I think it's what people were saying before Donald Trump was even, um, he even emerged as the front runner in the primary in 2016. Mm -hmm. um, but the only way they're ever going to, they need another, a new person under which they can unite who yeah. isn't Donald Trump um, and who isn't a... That man is Mitt Romney. That man is Mitt Romney. <laughs> the Mitt Romney, Jeb Bush, John Kasich triumvirate. Yeah, someone who isn't a radical. I hope not. I didn't actually. I actually like that. Do you think that'd be fun? To, not to be, you know, if they change their uh, thoughts on climate change, abortion, that wouldn't be a horrible country to live under. I'm saying. No, it would probably be just fine. Compromises on probably a lot like the Obama administration. They just get back to arguing about how much money to spend instead of whether or not they should whether or not your life matters whether or not you're allowed to be alive yeah um so back to impeachment <laughs> i guess you have to consider is this a mitch mcconnell 4d chess scenario where he's privately saying i support impeachment and he says it's better for the republican party what 4d chess move is he making you know is he just trying to get Trump away from the party, trying to remove Trumpism? That's the only 4D chess move I can think of is remove the cancer cells and just... Or is there like a 5D chess move where he's thinking... Some kind of thing where he goes all the way back to playing checkers and... <laughs> and he's, he's like, he's like um, if I take out Trump, I can sabotage Biden's first few weeks. I can install a... Um, more moderate conservative who isn't crazy as our next presidential candidate bring a few more into the senate and the house <laughs> i don't yeah, know i mean this, that's, <laughs> that's probably also part of his plan is the you know let's muck up his first few weeks or his first term by having a lengthy um impeachment trial i guess it really is enough to him anymore whether or not you know, that happens. But if he can bring his caucus behind it, um, you know, it'll be hard for the uh, Biden administration to reject the idea of an, a, a completely bipartisan impeachment trial. Yeah. And there's also the question of whether or not the rest of the moderate senators who are Republicans like Susan Collins, I guess, but Lisa Murkowski 
and a few other people will actually like get back in line. Um, and there's then Alaska has just moved to a ranked choice voting system just by like I think it was approved by only a few thousand votes or less. Yeah. But that also people have been saying that means that Lisa Murkowski might have a lower chance of winning or she might be more inclined to um, be even more moderate than she is now. Um, so one final question about impeachment. What do you mean by more moderate, like more liberal or more? I guess more further towards the left I, in that way, as in closer to the center. Kelly Leftler. Kelly Leftler, no. Um, I have one final question for you about impeachment in that um, I don't know how much you've looked at other trials through history because there's only been a few. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of Republicans on the floor were saying that if they approved the impeachment and if he were, I guess, they weren't assuming he would be convicted, but they were thinking that the power they were saying, possibly in some kind of dog whistle I didn't understand, that um, voting to approve the resolution would somehow um, reduce the power of impeachment. Because a lot of strict constructionist Republicans have been saying that impeachment can only be by the Constitution for high crimes and misdemeanors, meaning only things that are high crimes like murder or actual theft and things that are capital offenses what was bill um, clinton's high crime misdemeanor um lying having sex something lying and having sex with someone who isn't your wife the charge was the charge was perjury the charge was perjury okay but so lying basically. yeah so what do you think do you think i i personally will say i don't think it matters and that accountability is the most important thing and if anything it will improve the strength of what impeachment means because you'll have another case study where it was very obvious that should have been used. But what do you think about what Republicans were saying? I think the Republicans are just trying to, I don't know, throw anything they can against Democrats and make it um, sound like the Democrats will be able to impeach anybody they want. They'll be able to cancel you. Yeah, that was the same thing they were saying because they were a lot of other very conservative ones who mostly agreed with Trump were talking about how we're talking about cancel culture and how like first they cancel me and then they cancel everybody. They'll cancel you. They'll cancel your wife. And there was no one left to speak for me. Yeah, that's. They'll cancel your kids. It's Orwellian. Yeah, um, it's, it's not. Um, I'm a famous politician. We'll get into that at the end of this segment, but, um, and I think there's also some question about um whether or not you're actually allowed to impeach anybody after they leave office. Because the only time this had happened is there was a situation in like the 19th century or something where there was a military general, I think. I could be getting this completely wrong, but the general idea behind it was they had began an impeachment trial against him. And um, in the middle of the trial, he resigned. And then they kept going with the trial and convicted him and he wasn't allowed to serve in the government anymore. Um, That's just the basic principle they're going off of. That's the only other time someone's been impeached and... um, Then resigned after the vote. Yeah, and was not in office. Um, And so some some would argue that the whole point of... uh, conviction is removal from office and if you can't remove someone from office then you can't convict them of an impeachment but um i don't know i don't think that should be a problem because the senate trial is just um well it's like a like a real trial i don't know a court trial 
A silly trial. Yeah, a silly trial. Um, but I guess another time would be, um, but Nixon resigned before the vote even happened. Yeah, he was just. So I don't know. He didn't want to actually be removed from office. Right, because that would be a stain. You but... can't fire me. I quit. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Trump should do. Did you said you have say you had one more thing? Is this the end? Okay, go ahead. Um. So President Trump was removed from Twitter. I think Friday night last week. Yes. I like the so. day this came out. Um, last week. One of the later. Yeah. So then the whole backlash has been, this is an Orwellian situation. Something that I've heard on Twitter, and I just want to repeat on this because I think it's interesting, um, is that Trump is probably the least um, suppressed voice in the United States right now. Mm -hmm. He is a man who can, at any hour, can walk down to the briefing room and say whatever the hell he wants, um, and people will write it down. And he can also summon the, you know, network television to carry an address to the nation at any time he wants from his office. Does that sound like suppressed to you, Everett? It doesn't. Um, Does that sound Orwellian to you? The Orwellian um, metal detectors we've, we've installed here. After there was a terrorist attack in my building, that yeah, murderers that tried to kill me. Uh, were with me and like they could have all died yeah please no metal detector right um there are people who had children there yeah newly elected people had their a few had their kids with them um i think i heard um i I know um raskin had his kids with them yeah i think it was raskin he's a democrat though yeah um what was i going to say oh yeah i president trump i mean is probably president trump is probably the most one of the more orwellian presidents only only for, because when they say orwellian they're referencing 1984 um which some interpret i'm assuming conservatives interpret as a a book about why communism is bad but really it's it's more a it's a narrative about why authoritarianism is bad um and you can talk about george orwell's actual context fighting in spain um and stuff like that but but really yeah, Miss Tucker can help us out with that, but the book is clearly talking about why authoritarianism is is bad and how you when you allow for demagogues to take over, um, then everyone loses their freedoms. Um, and when you give up certain things for safety, um, then you have these problems. Just like in the Handmaid's Tale. Miss Tucker would also be Miss Tucker would also help us out with that. But um yeah, it's definitely wrong to just blatantly state that anything that any or rather anyone who disagrees with their radical views um, is akin to Big Brother. That's wrong. Yeah. All right. All right. Do you want to take us out of here? I can't. I started. What? I started, so you have to end it. Oh, okay. I don't even know what to say. That was our episode for this week. Thank you for um, listening. Please rate, review, subscribe, send it to a buddy. And uh, send us a nice letter. Send us a nice letter. We, uh, we don't have a inbox set up. No. Maybe we will at some point, if we ever become popular. I want hate mail and fan mail. Alright, thanks for listening. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye.